Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill, and this is a bonus episode. So no box office talk in this one, and sadly no Dylan. But as part of our recent discussion about live-action Disney remakes, I wanted to bring on a guest that wasn't able to throw their hat in the ring with us for the Cinema Showdown, but who still has a lot to say about these remakes. Because in addition to being a screenwriter and film lover, she's a lifelong Disney fan and longtime Disney employee at Disney World here in Orlando. And I'm glad she was able to take the time to speak with me about her connection and to rank 10 of the Disney live-action remakes. So can you guess what her pick for worst live-action Disney remake will be? Because you're going to find out. So here's my conversation with Sarah Saunders. Enjoy. joined by sarah saunders hello hello thanks for coming your first appearance on the show we're so glad to have you i'm so glad to be here thanks for inviting me Mm -hmm. and the topic is going to be live action disney remakes so we weren't able to have you on for the debate sadly but very sad about that (laughs) mm -hmm, but we are going to get your opinions on all the live action disney remakes that you've seen we're going to get your ranking and we'll be able to talk through each of the placements of the films and why you put them there Uh, but yeah just to start off I'm curious about what your attachment is to Disney's catalog obviously it's like very well known I mean everyone has seen a bunch of Disney films they've definitely carved out like the most iconic brand of any like film uh studio so what are yeah 100th anniversary this year So what's your sort of attachment with like all the Disney products? And then, um, yeah, just how, as you've gotten older, seeing them as a child to seeing them now as an adult and a film major film lover, um, what are, what was sort of that progression of your relationship with Disney? Uh, well, yeah, growing up as a nineties kid, you know, you got the the whole renaissance of the revival of the princesses. So I've, grown up with all the Disney. And then now for the last 10 years, I have been a cast member at the Walt Disney World. Um, don't speak for the brand or the company. Gotta, <laughs> you know, gotta say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. I think they're very fun, clever, and it's a great way to incorporate both kids and adults into sometimes darker themes in which they can put them out there for kids to sort of like start to understand and uh, adults to help sort of connect with, which is very interesting and fun. But uh, I just, I love them and proud to be a cast member. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, being there for 10 years, that's amazing. Um, And then so has it been weird or different or strange at all to now like be a part of like Disney and being a part of creating those like magical experiences when people visit the parks. Um, But then being able to see those newer films that are coming out, like Frozen, for instance, is one that I think like over the past decade has definitely etched itself as like an all time classic of like up there with all the Disney Renaissance ones and all the like original golden era stuff Um, like Moana too. like there's some, major Disney animation things but as we'll talk about the topic today is like all the remakes they're not so um invested in like these new original properties 
as of late, but being a part of like Disney, like being a cast member um, and being able to see like day in and day out the effect that it has on all these people coming in, has that changed your relationship to the stories that you see at all or anything like that? I'd say yes. So my, the best part about my job is being in entertainment at Walt Disney World is seeing kids meet their characters from the movies come to life. Like that is just so heartwarming. You see a kid turn the corner and they see Mickey Mouse standing there in the flesh and their face just lights up and it makes even the worst days that much better. Mm-hmm. You just get to experience that. And then while you're there uh, working with them, uh, you get to be a part of their story as well. And it's just, it's very inclusive and it makes you just kind of feel warm inside and enjoying everything. It's just, it's I, not to be cliche, but like, it's actually really magical. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, that's awesome. I'm glad that you enjoy what you do there so much Mm -hmm. i mean it is definitely i mean yeah something that is amazing to see like with kids those stories can be so impactful so meaningful and then them being brought to life in that way and then you see parents meet their favorite disney characters and you can (laughs) tell when they come in there uh just like see the character they're not there for their child in any way (laughs) shape or form they are there for themselves to see the character you get the kids who are just like, oh, okay, that's a uh, that's Mickey Mouse, great. And then you get the parents who are like sobbing, like <laughs> it's Mickey Mouse. I'm like, hey, that is Mickey Mouse. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and all the Disney adults, as they yep. say. Yeah. I mean that too. Of yeah, that magic always like even once you leave your childhood. Yeah. yeah. Those like happy memories and whatnot are still there, and then getting to reconnect with them anytime you go to the parks. Yeah, I'm sure that's fantastic to see really is cool all right so then let's start diving into the main topic all the compliments about disney and what they've done out of the way now we can start (laughs) consulting what they've done all their creative decisions lately (laughs) so they have certainly made some choices (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so we'll go ahead and go through you have a top 10 list right of the i do of the 22 considered live action remakes i've seen most of them but i i did the top 10 uh i don't know if you want me to go from top bottom 10 to up or yeah we'll go from bottom uh the like worst one to we'll unveil your pick for like the best uh disney live action remake but yeah to talk about just in general those live action remakes and then also some of the ones that you aren't including on your list for whatever reason we'll talk about the omissions but just overall, yeah, you mentioned 22 films that are like considered the live action. According to the Walt Disney uh, movie list, they have made what they consider to be 22 live action remakes. Some of them I personally do not feel classify as remakes. Um, like The Lion King, for example. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't think that is a remake or a live action because it's all CGI. That it's, is true. It's okay. That's you know. um like that one because obviously they're trying to make it photorealistic, right? So that's why they're saying it's like live action because like mm-hmm. looking at real life lions as yeah. and how they would look in the wild doing all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's completely created by animators. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a uh, amazing technical marvel. Like what they were able to accomplish is yeah. great. Like it does look realistic, but it's just straight up an animated movie. So it's funny how like on the list of like animated films, there's always that asterisk because if it's like uh, an official animation thing that Disney marks it too, it's like Frozen 2 is the highest animated one. But if you look at, okay, what is actually animated, The Lion King would technically be the highest animated film, but they try and classify it as live action. So it's like, it's a weird. The uh, original was the highest grossing animated movie for almost uh, 20 years. And then Frozen came in and Frozen overtook it. And then (laughs) (laughs) The Lion King remake took it back. So that's an interesting little trivia piece there. But I do remember that. And I think in terms of like home video sales, I think the original Lion King is still like number one, like to this day, which is again, amazing how it had such an impact. Um, And then yeah, 1.6 billion for the Lion King remake. That is crazy. That is so crazy. So no wonder that they've continued to do this, but yeah, Yeah. just to backtrack about like the history of it. um, I'm looking at a list. I don't know if this is sort of that like official yeah. Disney 22 remakes, but it seems like the first one was <coughs> in 1994. It was a live action adaptation of The Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like 101 Dalmatians and then another like Jungle Book. But those, again, those don't really fit into the live action remakes as we see them now. That sort of yeah. really kicked off around like Maleficent, Cinderella in 2014, yeah. 2015. But I'd say definitely. The Jungle Book in 2016, when that thing almost hit a billion dollars, that's when it was like, okay, the floodgates have opened and now every single Disney property is at risk of being remade into live action. So now they're like, we, wow, people actually enjoy seeing these live action remakes. Well, uh, then let's just go for it. Yeah, let's do it all. And so just to point that out in 2019 alone, there were five remakes. Dumbo, Aladdin, Lion King, Maleficent 2, although technology remake, but still a part of that like yeah. live action train, and then Lady and the Tramp. So that was crazy. Obviously, the pandemic slowed their roll a little bit, but this year, there's been Peter Pan and Wendy that went mm-hmm. to Disney+, Plus, The Little Mermaid, and then in the next few years, there's going to be Snow White, Lilo and Stitch, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Moana recently just got announced too, right? which is like, crazy. That movie just came out in twenty. I know that's like, like hot the- off the presses, and then they're gonna do a remake already. It's like, dude, you haven't even let the nostalgia build up yet. Like, nope, just going right for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that stuff's crazy, but yeah, definitely a whole lot of Disney remakes have mm-hmm. happened and are gonna continue to happen until again they do every single one. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Um, I see Bambi as well. That's like, it's undated at the moment, but it seems like that's in development. That's great. No, I hope, I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, Disney, just stop while you're ahead. I love you, but like, stop while you're ahead. If you're going to, in my personal opinion, if you're going to remake anything, you got some peak movies in the early 2000s that would benefit from being live action. Atlantis for example, mm. would be an incredible live action remake. True. But. Yeah, they would they should do it for the ones that like weren't successful in their animated state for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, time to like do a retry basically, bring it into a new medium, mm-hmm. do put a new spin on it, see if it'll connect with audiences again. But yeah, the way they're going about it is just financially minded, which is okay, here are all the big hits that we know yep. were successful. People love them and want to see them 
in another iteration. So we'll just keep doing that. And then the ones that weren't as successful like that yeah. one, um, they're probably not going to touch it ever, yeah. which is a shame because that's like, yeah, that's the one that you could redeem, but it'll be left alone. And it just had the, the bad sense of being created during the time of some other incredible cinematic masterpieces came out the beginning of the Harry Potter era. Lord of the Rings, same opening weekend. And oh, Jesus. So was <laughs> yeah. overlooked immensely, which is very sad. But Right, for sure. But let's get back to your oh, list. Yes. And so you mentioned The Lion King is one that you left off because you don't mm -hmm. consider it live action. What are some of the other omissions of like some of the major remakes that you're not including for whatever reason? Um, uh, well, a couple of them, like the two Alice in Wonder, Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland movies, technically they're not remakes. They are considered sequels, um, as like the first Alice in Wonderland takes place years after her first visit and she comes back and starts to remember that first adventure and all of Wonderland remembers her, but she doesn't remember them. So it's a more of a sequel than a remake itself. Still enjoyable movies. Um, and then most of the others that I left off were just, I didn't think they were worthy of noting, like decent, if not just bad, but not like the worst. <laughs> right. So like Pinocchio, it was not the greatest Tom Hanks performance. <laughs> um, but Yeah, he got uh, called out a little bit during that debate yeah. that was one of the points in favor of that <laughs> film being the worst so it was not yikes. Uh, yeah very yikes oh it could have been better um lady and the tramp i thought was decent remake but again it was mostly cgi not actual i mean based off of real dogs but some of the things were cgi to help make them more human human nope anthropomorphic is the word i was looking there you for go. yeah that's a good one there you go um the jungle book same thing there's only one at one person really in it right um for sure so cool yeah. all right let's start going through the list and yes. actually i think you're right i think we'll flip it so we're gonna go towards what is your worst we're gonna the crown worst. that okay. since you weren't able to be in the debate I'd be curious to see what your worst is and then we could see like how that would have factored in with the other ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, so start off with your number one live action Disney remake. So the one that you consider to be the best, which one is that? Uh, the 2015 Cinderella. Um, I think for a remake, it holds true to the base of the story. You get a little extra lore about um, Ella or Cinderella, Mm -hmm. um, which was very, uh, it was encouraging to see in the movie. It's like they kept the, the original story and then they expanded upon it rather than, you know, just doing a scene by scene remake. Uh, not right. to mention you have incredible cast, Lily James, Kate Blanchett. Uh, so it's like you put all of them together and it just made it personally my favorite gotcha i'm looking at that guest now richard madden yep out of game of thrones and also stellan skarsgård is in oh, there too yes i forgot he was in it he plays the the duke 
Oh my the gosh. one who teams up with Kate or uh, with uh, Lady Tremaine uh, to uh, keep Cindy from getting to the prince. Uh, oh, so good! It's wow. just so good. And then it's also Kenneth Branagh. So yep. him, of course, having an interesting like <laughs> filmography, going from things like Hamlet yep. to then going to like Thor to then going to stuff like. I mean, besides all the other Shakespeare stuff, we'll do smaller things like recently Belfast. Oh, yeah. Um, Murder on the Orient Express, like adapting the Hercule Poirot stuff is where he's into now. But mm-hmm. yeah, in the middle of the 2010s, he was like, let me tackle Cinderella. And you're and saying that he nailed it. He did in, in true fashion. And they, her her dress, it was just beautiful. Costuming did a great job in that movie. Everyone just kind of stands out. Like you see... Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine come out in the, in her gowns and you're just like, oh, she is pretentious. I get it. I see it immediately. And then she she talks and you're just like, oh, not only she's pretentious, she's mean. Love it. <laughs> so I just think it's one of the best remakes ever. Nice. All right. Then what is your number two? Number two is the 1996 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close and... Uh, Oh my gosh, I can't even remember everyone that's in it. Um, but it's just so fun. And then just to see that little twist on how she did Cruella was really fun. Another one where they expanded a little bit more on Roger and, um, oh my gosh, what's the wife's name? I can't help you out there. I do remember okay. seeing this one, yeah. but it's been a long time. But Very long time. this is one that definitely felt like it captured more of the magic of like what you would want out of a, a live action thing. It seems like most of the live action ones, especially for like the Lion King one, one of the main criticisms I had for that one is like, okay, they can't be expressive or they can't lean to any like really creative set pieces because they're trying to make it too realistic. Like when you mm-hmm. change from animated to live action, some things just don't fly as much because yeah. it's like too silly or too um, off the walls. So this one I do remember being, it's just wacky and weird. And that's part of the charm of it. It's fun. It really is. And you've got a bunch of puppies just running around causing trouble. Exactly. And, and they're real puppies real, too. Real they're puppies. actually real puppies. So that definitely helps a lot. Yes, it it, it does. It's, I, it's why it's my number two. <laughs> Uh, All right. What is your number three? Maleficent. I thought it was a great turn from focusing on the princess side of the Disney story and giving a twist to how perception can change how you view a person. Because in the original, we see Maleficent. She comes in and she uh, starts off by saying, oh, I have arrived for this party and they're like, oh, well, you aren't wanted. Giving as a noble of a medieval sort of era, giving them an opportunity to acknowledge their fault in not inviting her, which is like a major slight in his, like in that time frame, mm-hmm. And then them being like, oh, you weren't wanted. And then she's like, oh, I wasn't wanted. Well, then, since you have openly admitted to insulting me, I'm going to curse your child. And then they touch on that in Maleficent. But then you get to see how everyone has a reason and a motivation for what they do. And seeing how she 
sort of alters her perception of everything. She goes from being spiteful to being uh, merciful in the end. And then I loved the twist of it being her love for Aurora to break the spell. Uh, just spoilers if you haven't seen it, but <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, it's just, it was very clever, fun. And then again, cast was really good. Angelina um, Jolie, of course, yeah. leading it. Yep. And then, uh, uh, there's, it was just so good. And I, I love not focusing on like the traditional stories and letting them be their own heroes kind of also fun. Right. That was the thing that when the live action remake started like churning out the idea mm -hmm. of Maleficent of taking the classic story of Sleeping Beauty, but then spinning it in some way. So like it's a perspective shift. You're focusing on Maleficent, the villain in that. That to me is appealing because that's yeah, it's bringing new. new dimension to the story. Like yes. it's seeing uh, something we haven't seen before. It's reinterpreting it in a way. It's not just retreading it. It's not just mm -hmm. doing it again, but oh, now it's like live action. So we can bring people back to the theaters and bring them out for more money. It's like actually taking a new perspective on a classic story mm -hmm. and seeing what else you can do with it. So yeah, Maleficent I think stands apart because it is one that they actually veered the most from the classical story and just did something new with it and were creative mm -hmm. with it. So yeah, I do like that approach to it. I wish they would have taken that approach for way more of the, um, oh, the yeah. ones that they've done. I can agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> All right, what is your number four? Number four is the new Little Mermaid movie. Oh, snap. So just freshly opened this weekend. So you're freshly, able to yep. I saw get it, to see I, that. I saw it on uh, Saturday, the Saturday of opening weekend, which is really nice. Um, for being a mostly underwater movie i mean there's obviously a lot of cgi in that but when they get to doing like the live action stuff it's so colorful and like they put a lot of effort into making it not to mention the performances were incredible i teared i cried in it <laughs> um for nostalgia factor ariel's my favorite princess seeing her come to life in a new way was uh very very heartening uh heartening yeah mm -hmm. um, there were some choices that I was like, okay, I don't know why you went that way, but okay. Like as much as I love Javier Bardem, him as Triton <laughs> was a choice, was For a choice. Sure. Uh, seeing him as, you know, a merman, king of the, the, the oceans was, mm -hmm. uh, it's like, why? <laughs> but it's fine. Melissa McCarthy was great as Ursula. Um, Halle Bailey did incredible. And then one of the changes that I loved is they gave Eric a song. It's so good. I've been listening to it on repeat. It's fine. <laughs> nice. That's the other one major appeal of doing the like live action remakes. You know, every single time they're going to add a new song because yep. they want to go for like the new Oscar or yep. a new original song. But then they also, yeah, can put on the soundtracks and it can be a whole new thing that people can get attached to. So that's another aspect of it's like, okay, like you're doing something new. You're adding to it. You got to be creative with it. And sometimes you can mm -hmm. have really good songs come out of that. So yeah, it seems Definitely. like the Prince That's Eric totally. song for you worked really well. It did. Um, and they also did a good job in sort of intermingling mermaids and siren lore. So mm. you kind of get the whole why why he's so fixated on this girl he's 
never really seen um, playing on mm. that siren aspect of the sea uh, sea creatures, which I really appreciate it. Kind of gives a little more depth, and then you get to see how like their relationship evolves. Um, they make it a little more believable for some of the things. It's it very good, very good. Highly recommend. Nice, cool. All right. So from the most recent live action remake to your number five, what is it? Aladdin. Okay, another Aladdin. fairly recent one, twenty nineteen. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, another one of. Uh, my personal favorite movies used to watch it all the time. If it wasn't Little Mermaid, it was Aladdin. If it wasn't Aladdin, it was Little Mermaid or sometimes Pocahontas. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was very fun. The costuming was spectacular. They added uh, Naomi Watts singing Speechless, which I thought was great. Um, I thought a, a lot of it was more progressive than that time period. But I think for when it came out, it was very good. I loved Will Smith's. Uh, as the genie it was kind of like a little fun uh twist on things mm -hmm. to have his own little side story b story happening um right yeah. that was i know i said like i've hardly seen any of the remakes however i have mm -hmm. seen the aladdin remake okay what it was wasn't your i thought yeah, it was right? For instance, like Jasmine, again, the songs, like adding new songs, I thought hers was really well done. Like yep. The song itself was good, but then like the, the like slow motion thing of her going through that whole uh, oh, yeah. room was pretty cool. And then, yeah, as you said, giving slightly more for um, the genie character to do just in like in terms of a character arc sort yeah. of way, because obviously he was very present. And I mean, it was Robin Williams in the original, so big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think Will Smith definitely was able to do it obviously he's a very charismatic guy oh yeah and his uh stocks have gone down since <laughs> a certain incident at uh, the oscars but and that was the other thing i want to bring up with aladdin i was the other i aspect of like live action remakes that i think is appealing and i would wish for them to actually pursue is make sequels to the live action ones so that those like lesser known like direct-to-video sequels for basically all the like disney renaissance ones so that, that can actually get a broader audience. Yeah. Like I know like Lion King one half, Lion King two, all that <laughs> stuff. Love um, Lion King there too. is Aladdin two, like Jafar's return. So yeah. I do too. Like I love um those stories and the way they continue it. Obviously they're not like the yeah. same level, but it's like okay, same deal with what you were talking about with adapting Atlantis. It's like take a property mm -hmm. that isn't so iconic and well loved, use that as like your foundation and then change whatever you need to in order to strengthen it to get it up to like an iconic level but then make that your live action quote-unquote remake right but it yeah. would be sort of its own thing it would certainly be more new to the general public yes. than it just being that same story that classic story we've already seen mm -hmm. so with aladdin that did really well right it yep. hit a billion yeah. um but there was never an announcement of a sequel Nope. And of course, now after the Will Smith thing, <laughs> I, and then I the um, for... yeah, the main actor as well for um, Aladdin, he's been expressing frustration about like not getting any other parts. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he's also been like pretty outspoken commenting on social media about like his frustration with not getting an Aladdin sequel, so that also is probably factoring into things. Yeah. So we probably won't be getting an Aladdin sequel Very at least sad. until they run through all the other adaptions yeah. they need to do all the remakes they can get to so that's unfortunate because yeah i did think it was 
pretty enjoyable for what it was. Again, I mean, nothing to like sing praises about, but it was, it was just entertaining. Fun. It was yeah. watchable. Yeah, it was. It captured that same idea of like, oh, these are familiar songs and they're enjoyable, and it's mm-hmm. not like it's butchering many ways. It's just fun to plug yeah. into that story again and relive it in a new way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely wasn't one that I was like horribly offended or disgusted by. It worked. Like I can see the appeal. I can see why it works. Yeah. <laughs> These oh are yeah. Nice. Um, my number six is uh, actually Dumbo. The Tim mm. Dumbo. Um, Interesting. Again, it's it follows that same thread of I thought it was a great. Uh, way to expand upon that story and give us a little more than what we get in the original animated movie. Um, I may also be slightly biased because I love Colin Farrell, but that's (laughs) beside the point. (laughs) Exactly. See, that's the other part too of like, you get Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, like Colin Farrell. Incredible casting. Uh, And like, it really wasn't, it's nothing to write home about but it was fun again another just enjoyable movie sit and watch with a little bit of a twist kind of darker twist than you'd normally see um mm-hmm. in like the original which was fun and then i just yeah i enjoyed it nice yeah that was of course one of the <laughs> the three films that was being argued against yep. in that <laughs> debate um but yeah that was definitely one of the main points that i was using because again i haven't seen it but in order to argue against that i was like look it's got like a cool cast it was team tim burton that's at the helm it did seem like they were putting a spin on it like they were expanding it in Mm -hmm. some way um it's more steampunk-esque than like classic dumbo was interesting yeah that grabs my attention steampunk-esque right. I yeah mean, i mean it's great. not like true steampunk but like it kind of has like that feel to it it's darker it's a little more on the edgy side but that's also just tim burton's flair for, for sure. things and then D- danny devito as a villain is always enjoyable i mean yeah come on that's it's immensely watchable to see that <laughs> exactly it's fine it's fine all right what is your number seven Line number seven? seven was the jungle book um oh yeah the, Which the version? Because there's like three. One. <laughs> the one with the Bill Murray and uh, that... they had a big voice cast for that. I know ScarJo yeah. was the, the snake, right? Yep, she was Ka, and then Idris Elba was okay. I could because there were two Jungle Books that came out that same year. You're right, because one was Andy Circus, Andy Circus, uh, yep. and had uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Shere Khan. Mm. But we're talking about the Disney one. Uh, I thought it was fun. I like Jungle Book uh, in the sense of it being a movie. I think it's fun trivia fact that it was the last movie that Walt himself ever worked on. Uh, So then seeing it come to life, uh, I liked the idea of it being like the live action person with all these animals, even if they were CGI. Uh, I think that's like its (laughs) biggest, its biggest downfall for it but like the story was fun it definitely once again did that thing where it had more time to work with so it could expand more upon the story of the animals and like their little society that they have and then they got to see touch into Shere Khan's backstory 
And again, it's Idris Elba and he's just got that such an imposing voice that coming out of this Siberian tiger, you're just like, oh, let's not mess with him. Christopher Walken as uh, King Louis, who was a gigantopithecus. <laughs> right. So kind of like setting it way, way back in time since those are extinct, which was, I thought it was very fun and clever. Add a little mm-hmm. more of a scary twist to it because that scene was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely the one of like all these other ones that I would probably want to go ahead and check out. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, that cast was great. And then it did seem to be like much better received than a lot of the these other remakes have been. Um, yeah. So maybe that's just part of it being like sort of at the beginning of it. And so people weren't already turned off to the idea of like yeah. everything being remade. But it did seem... Like, yeah, there was a lot to it. It's obviously, like, a classic story. The fact that there have been, like, so many different adaptations, too. Like, we mentioned the Andy Serkis one. That also makes me feel... Exactly, yeah. It (laughs) makes me feel better about the idea of, like, oh, the Disney remake. Because it's, like, oh, it's one of those classic stories that are just being retold plenty of times. Same with, like, Cinderella. Like, it comes from some, like, original, like, fable or fairy tale. And then it, you know... Disney made it sort of their own. It became the most popular as the Disney version of it, but it's still like, okay, it has its roots elsewhere. Other people can come in and put their spin on it. So this is just another spin. It's just from, you know, Disney. Um, So that makes me, again, less like affronted at the Disney remake part of it. Right. (laughs) But all right, are we on to number number nine? nine? This is when I start getting a little... These I, I put these on this list because I talk about them, my last two, um, because I just severely disappointed in both of them immensely. Uh, <laughs> but at least number, Beauty and the Beast, the new, mm-hmm. has moments that sort of make it enjoyable to watch. Um, I absolutely love the casting of Luke Evans and Josh Gad as Gaston and LeFou. And... Uh, Kevin Klein as Maurice, like just I, perfect casting. I love Emma Watson. I do, but she was trying to be too progressive in this movie. Like, I'm sorry, Tom's were not around back then. And there are ways to construct dresses that look like they have corsets, but don't, but she absolutely refused to have that as part of her costume. It's like, mm then don't accept the don't accept the role like if you don't want it i know why they went with her because of all of her her, um, being out there with like the feminist stuff um and like i get that she's an incredible actress i just don't think she's a good bell she can't sing i would have much rather they cast an unnamed person who could sing to sort of play that role um especially since bell is supposed to be unknown sort of going against the green kind of a character. Right. Um, the music was, you know, so, so I loved, I love Dan Stevens as the beast. I just wish they didn't like auto tune his voice to be so deep. It kind of like took away from the realism of it. Mm. And the fact that they didn't use practical effects for his makeup did them a disservice. Yeah. It does like, seem like a big missed opportunity. Because that's one that, yeah, you would want sort of like the tactile feel mm-hmm. of those uh, actors interacting yeah. with each other. So, yep. yeah. 
and the things that I think they did well on, uh, they filled in plot holes. They gave a reason why the town that lives literally on this castle's doorstep doesn't remember there's a castle there. And they sort of give the sorceress a bigger role in the movie to show that she's actually watching over everything because she doesn't want it to fail, but she's ready to accept if it does kind of a thing. So uh, I think they did really well on that. But uh, another one where they have like an all-star cast with like Sir Ian McKellen as Cogsworth, Ian McGregor as Lumiere, uh, Emma Thompson, like huge, huge cast. I mean, it's Beauty and the Beast, but that one was more of a shot for shot remake um, with a few added scenes of getting to see what happened to Belle's mom and uh, expanding again on the Beast's backstory and all of that, which I enjoyed. Gotcha. All right. Then for your top 10 of the best ones, which is the one that just made the cut? Uh, well, this is actually my like least favorite of them, but I, I had to, I got to put it on there. Uh, so my number, number one worst remake, I think is Mulan, which oh. makes me so <laughs> sad because I wanted it to be good. I wanted them to do the poem of Fa Mulan justice and give her this incredible story. I couldn't get past the first 30 minutes of it. Whoa. Really? I, couldn't, I could not even finish it. And I, and I paid for it when it came out because I want to support the, um, that side of everything and like make, it's a good story to tell. And then the, the way they went about it, I get why they didn't put in Mushu. They wanted to make it more realistic, uh, more set in, like, again, realism rather than the fantasy side of things. But, like, it was it was just bad. Just bad. <laughs> the, the writing was awful. Like, why is she jumping over roofs? Like, what what is this? Uh, she shouldn't already be doing this sort of stuff that happens later on in her story. And it's it was mm-hmm. just... Right. I, yeah, I obviously didn't watch it, but I do remember them saying that they were going to try and take a different angle, like not no music. a remake of the like Disney film mm-hmm. from the nineties, but being more of the, like that classic poem that you had mentioned and trying to adapt that a little bit more faithfully since that was like the original inspiration for Disney's yep. Mulan. Um, but you're saying they just absolutely it- bungled it. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me so sad. And I hope that they come back and they give it another try, uh, but do everything totally different because (laughs) visually it's beautiful, like the stark contrast of the colors, but it's bad. Just so bad. (laughs) So that is my top 10 list from best to worst. (laughs) There you go. So your number one worst, the one to avoid, Mulan. Mulan. And then the one that you would recommend everyone go and check out would be Cinderella. Yep. There we go. All right. (laughs) Any, uh, this is a fun little way to round us out. Is there any of the upcoming Disney remakes that you are excited for the most? I can, I'll read a list of the ones that seem to have been announced. Tell me the ones that have come out because I'm, it's hard to keep track of all. It is. It is. (laughs) So Snow White, is coming March 2024. Yep. Mufasa, The Lion King is coming July 5th, 2024, which at least that one, I guess we'll talk about more in a second, but yeah, that one is yeah, like 
you're doing something creative because it's not a direct like mm -hmm. adaptation of something. Um, Lilo and Stitch, Hercules, all the rest of these are undated. They've just been announced. Mm -hmm. Hunchback, The Sword and the Stone, Untitled Cruella sequel, <laughs> Untitled Prince Anders film, apparently from Aladdin, uh, Bambi, Robin Hood, The Aristocats, and Moana. Um, the one I'm most looking forward to is Hercules. Um, I just love that movie <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> I just think it's a fun story. And it's a really, it's a, a definitely a tame adaptation of the original. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Dame, I think, would is going to be really good too. Especially if they go with the musical side of things, which sticks to the the book story, which is dark, dark, dark. So depressing. Right. Uh, you're just like, oh, Victor Hugo, why? Um, and has the dark twist at the end and touches more on Claude Frollo's backstory, sort of setting him up for why he's the way he is um, kind of in his, in his own thing. And the music is just absolutely stunning. Uh, I think the Mufasa story, I think that's going to be cool just because we know from books, Mufasa and Scar's story, mm -hmm. but to actually see them expand upon it, I think is going to be really cool. For sure. I think like that one is intriguing because uh, mm -hmm. again, I love the Lion King so much. It's like my favorite it's movie. Classic. And so seeing more of it, even though it'll be the live action, quote unquote, live action yeah. version of it. That's sort of depressing. Um, but the fact that Barry Jenkins is directing this, that's just I, right? like, insane to me. Like, what about this story, like, compelled him? How'd they get him on here? I don't know. So that part right. is intriguing. And then, yeah, the fact that they're going to, it seems like, like, they have to make this somewhat an uh -huh. original story because they're doing it as a backstory on Mufasa. I think, yeah, they should just build it as Mufasa and Scar. Like, yeah. Like, again, The Lion whole... King was the biggest animated movie. This most recent one is now the newest biggest animated right. movie. Like people know Mufasa. You say that people yeah. know, they know Scar. So just call it Mufasa and Scar. I think that would have been work. That would have worked instead yeah. of like trying to shove in the Lion King subtitle. Just call yeah. it Mufasa and Scar and build it around like their brotherly relationship and seeing like how all that played out. Give it that like Shakespearean touch, like the yes, Hamlet vibes of the original mean. Lion King. Like Ugh. give us that and that'll be great. And Barry absolutely. Jenkins leading the helm, like, I've, I think I've that could be great. I've got high hopes for it. I do have high hopes for it. Mm -hmm. The <laughs> issue, though, is <laughs> there's not going to be enough of the emotion because if it's the photorealistic, they can't yep. express themselves. Also, is it going to be a musical since it's not like they're adapting the original songs or anything? Yeah. So would they be creating new songs for it? I don't know. We'll have to see about that stuff. But that one definitely is intriguing just because yeah. Barry Jenkins, list. what did this man see? Like one of the <laughs> great directors of our time said, I'm going to work on a prequel to a live action disney remake there's got to be something there like there just has yeah. to be something great in there and i'm hoping he'll be able to bring it out flesh it out mm -hmm. if anyone can do it it'll be him it'll, so, it will absolutely be i'm him. excited for that Same. um but all right so yeah hercules for you would be like that number one mm -hmm. of the upcoming ones yeah yeah that'll yeah. be interesting guy so ritchie who did aladdin he'll be yep. directing that uh, so long as they stick to like the original, not uh, Disney movie version, because there's been so many remakes of the Hercules story itself that try to touch more on the Greek lore of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know that story. I like the 
the the dumbed down child friendly Disney Hercules <laughs> uh, version. I want to see that remade. Right, for sure. All right. Well, that's it for our discussion and our ranking thank of the you. live action Disney remakes. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It was great. Amazing to hear all your thoughts and your extensive Disney knowledge. <laughs> it's very, very fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that is all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. And if you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.